Open Mic is a podcast brought to you by Bethel Express of America. All right. Mike Peace here with Open Mic. And you can take that either which way you want to take it, M-I-C or M-I-K-E. We are here. And um, uh, in the past, we've had this nice, sultry voice. I told you, you know the accent from Long Island. That was my wife, Julia, uh, from Westbury, Long Island. And and trust me, you can tell when you hear her accent. But today we have uh, a brother. uh, I I consider him family. He is family as far as I'm concerned. And um, I gave him the name Hero, small h. Uh, and if you can see what he, the role he's played in my life, you'd understand why. It's Andrew, the hero, small H. Went. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Good, good. Well, he's going to be doing the interviewing today and asking me questions. It's, sometimes I feel like I'm talking to uh, a son or a grandson. Actually, the differential in our age, I'm actually old enough to be a grandfather. It's very you know, true. You know, but but he has wisdom and experiences and insight be well beyond his years. And we've had so many conversations off air when we were doing uh, my uh, music broadcasts, um, Jazz with the Cause. And so he knows a lot about me. He knows uh, he knows more about me than even friends that I've had for 20 plus years because we have nothing but time to just sit down and talk. And so, but anyway, uh, it's good to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I felt like... Uh... When you have camp friends, you get to know them way faster because you're just in that environment where That's you're just good. surround them all the time. Yeah, and I like that. That's good. Only we get to continue after camp. Yeah. So there's uh-huh. not that sadness, you know, when you leave, you're like, oh, right, that so, was cool. We so, got really close. So it's beyond the kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we talked, um, Julia and you talked about um, pastor, minister, evangelism, how that started uh, from college, Brockport, into... Uh, Bethel, full gospel at the time, mm. how it started mingling with music and your rap career and how that started, you know, launching, uh, doing the Olympics show. That's pretty sweet. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, so you have all these different facets are, that are starting to piece together. And we're going to do another episode after this about your musical career. So I'm going to save some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, for that episode. But I want to talk about how all these things um, that God is bringing you through, you're taking these leaps of faith, um, how how eventually leads to your your job now. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't even call it a job. Right. Your yeah, calling. I you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe your ultimate calling. I don't know. Mm-hmm. These other two things that you're doing are pretty sweet. But but I can see when you're doing your ministry at Bethel Express, you're, you are home. That is who yeah. you are. It, you are. Everything that you've done has has led to that moment. So let's talk about the origin. We we kind of did a little bit in the last episode, but let's just kind of give a, a story of where it began. You talked about the blue blue goose blue goose blue, blue goose, goose express. express. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, what we what back in those days, uh, Jack Legatella and I and uh, a dear friend of ours that went to be with the Lord, his name uh, was Richie Azarone. Richie Azarone. We would go over to Fight Village, St. Simon Apartments, and um, Gateway Apartments. Gateway has since then been knocked down, uh, but but you know we we would go pick up kids from all three of those areas, and uh, we bring them back over to the church, and we would you know you know sing some songs, and there would always be a Bible lesson, and that was under the leadership of um, Luke, Pastor Lewis and Pam Perez. And they did that beginning in 1987. 
Now, Jack and I began to do what we were doing back in 85, but like I said before, we did not start Bethel Express. We were doing that kind of stuff. And actually, the progressives got involved before 87. It just officially became a ministry at Bethel for Gospel, now Bethel Christian Fellowship, back in 87. But we were, we were all involved. Uh, uh, the children's pastor also, I need to mention his name, Pastor Mike Gurton, Michael Gurton also. But anyway, uh, so we were just sharing the gospel and winning kids to the Lord and uh, seeing their lives impacted, seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. We had, you know, we had kids that couldn't even, could not even read one in particular. I'll not ever forget this. Hopefully I don't take too long telling it. We went once, in fact, I was the first time going and we said, hi, we're from Bethel Express. And the woman said, Bethel Express, come here. So we went inside the apartment and she called the daughter downstairs and said, read. So the girl is reading Genesis chapter one. We told them to read Genesis chapter one, and, you know, as an assignment for the following week. And so now she's reading Genesis chapter two, Genesis chapter three. Gen- and I'm like, okay, first of all, we have to get going. And this girl is going to read the whole, all the all the Genesis. That, well, that's 50 chapters. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, and they're long chapters at that. And so I, I said, this is great. She's, I said, she says, she said to me, she said, the mother said to me, she says, you gave my daughter a Bible. You told my daughter to read. And, said, and I said, yes, ma'am, we did. We're Christians, and the only way we can help anybody grow is for them to read the Word of God, the Bible. She said, but you gave my daughter a Bible. You told my daughter to read. I said, yes, ma'am. If we've offended you, we apologize for the offense, but we don't apologize for our motives for doing it. Uh, there's a destiny for your daughter, and we know that God wants that for us. She's, you know, and that's why, why we did it. She says, you don't understand. When you gave my daughter that Bible last Saturday, she couldn't read. Here she was 10 years old in the fifth grade, and she d- could not even read. And now it's, let me see, four days later, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, two, three days later, and her daughter could read. Her, between the time we gave her the Bible on Saturday afternoon till whenever she noticed her daughter could read, here we are Tuesday, and her daughter could read. Well, word got out, you know, at Fight Village that I, I cannot use her name because I know legally, you know, we can't do that anymore. But, you know, I'll make up a name. You know, uh, Tynesha can read. Word got out. And let me tell you, we became like, we became more than celebrities, <laughs> you know, because we were the people that that prayed and gave for the Bible the ability to read. So, so we just began to grow and we knew that we had to, you know, get them over to the church building and spend more time with them uh, throughout the course of the week. So we had leaders that all we all did that. I'm still not on staff as a pastor. I'm still traveling. I'm still traveling. Still don't have a contract yet. Yeah, We're yeah. doing all of this. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Um, something that I really appreciate, just even in these last or these first three episodes, I should say, is that you know, anytime we've asked you the origins <clears throat> of Bethel Express, there always seems to be multiple stories surrounding it, which tells me <laughs> that this process was definitely of God. There's yes. organic, it was very organic how it came to be. Um, and I think that's just incredible. Like there's not like, unless there is, and I might ask, was there a moment that was like, this is Bethel Express and it was just a day and everything came together and it was just this magical moment? Or is it how how I've been hearing it? It's kind of like this thing happened over here. This thing happened over here. It kind of just flowed together. And hey, now we ha- now we have a ministry. 
Or was there a moment that you felt like um, was an aha thing for the for the ministry birth? I think, uh, yeah, and and you and I have had this conversation many times, and I've said, well, well, what I'm about to say when I I've, I've always said to you, I've tried to not be the old guy with the story for everything. <laughs> when I was in my fifties, I said that, and now I'm in my sixties, and I'm worse than when I was in my fifties. But just the same that um that. You know, in in a lot of ways, there there has to be a story behind everything. Even, and I'm going to give you what I think is the aha moment. But there were so many things that were surrounding it, becoming a culmination of what became the aha moment. But I remember when we were we were going over to Fight Village, and we um, earned the great Ernie, great heavyweight boxing champion Ernie Chavis. He had become a Christian. And he was in Rochester through a relationship that we had with some other people. And so we asked if he would come to Bethel, you know, come to Fight Village and Bethel Express. And when we came over to that area, and I started the picture of it, actually. And when we when we came over and he took a picture and he spoke to the kids and just gave his testimony and the community came out. Um, but it was mostly children. That was the aha moment. It's like, you know what? We have to do something with these kids. We can't just have this be... Like you know, they like us and we love them, and like that was that that was the aha moment when I and I had the picture of it. It's like these kids are going somewhere, and we have to do something with them. Like the Lord has put them in our lap, and that was what Pastor Ron had noticed, and um, Pastor Michael Gurton, who was the children's pastor at the time at Bethel, and Pastor Lewis and Pam Perez, they were children's children's church workers leaders then. They still had secular jobs. But that was when Pastor Ron realized, okay, we have to do something in a more substantial, concrete, formatted way. And that's when, so that was the aha moment, I would say. Um, if, if there was another one that someone else would think, I, I, I don't know what it was because I was there and I saw it and I, I remember the conversation. Hey, it could be your aha moment, I suppose. Yeah, but, you know, oh, that was definitely for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome. Like you went from, again, like there's a lot of these organic moments that are happening in your life. And the key thread is that you're following Jesus. You're following mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit and where he's leading you into each of these moments. And, I mean, you told us at this time you're not even, like, officially paid on staff. You're right. just, you're just right. following after God. And it's kind of, you know, I see certain characters like uh, um, Apostle Paul uh, is a big one, or even John the Baptist, who's mm -hmm. just like, hey, man, I'm out here. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, no one else is doing it. Like, yeah, maybe that's what you were saying. Like, hey, no one else is is addressing these issues here. Um, yeah, I, God, God's telling me I should do something about it. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it really can be that you know that humble of a beginning. I think that's really cool. So let's uh, we might jump timelines here, but so at this point you're not not paid on staff yet, but you're definitely doing the work. Yeah. Of a pastor, you're definitely doing a work of, of a leader. Um, at what point did you actually officially, or was there a point where you officially became Pastor Mike? Were people calling you Pastor Mike at this point? No one has ever called me. <laughs> 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 to this day, no one ever calls me. I, 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 there may be, there may be, there may be twenty five people that just adamantly defiantly refused to, to 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 not call me in other words 
I refuse to. In other words, Mike, I'm going to call you Pastor Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else, I'm just Mike Peace, Michael Peace. Some people think that Michael Peace is my first name. Like, literally, like Michael Peace. M I C H A E L P E A C E is my first name. People have actually, so what's your last name? Michael Peace, what's your last name? <laughs> I believe, I, I mean, I, there are people in Bethel right now that think that. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, so, but, but yeah, but when I quote unquote officially became uh, a pastor on staff at Bethel Paid was in 1995. Uh, pastor Dick DeGroat was the youth pastor of the was a youth pastor at Bethel, and the Lord was moving him to a new uh, di- dimension and dynamic of ministry at Bethel. And so, Pastor Ron had asked me if I would become the youth pastor because he was noticing. The, the the relationship that I had with the young people since 1985. I did not ever tell that timeline. 85 was when I came on, you know, staff by faith. Yeah. 1995 was when I came on, you know, when I was finally Pastor Michael Peace. Uh, my my, I was done with the music industry, if you will. I had done my my last recording was in 1994. So Which from we'll get to. from 87. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> from 1987 to 1994, I was in the I was in the Christian music industry. So in 1995, um, Pastor Ron asked me if I would be the youth pastor. And I think everybody knew that I should have been. I wasn't not thinking that way at all. But when they asked me, I was like, yeah, yes, I would be glad to. So at that point, um, just to keep clarifying a timeline here. Um, so you're you're unpaid on staff, 85. Mm-hmm. You start working with Jack Legatella and the Perez's to help Bethel Express become mm-hmm. something. And they would be, cons- uh, you would consider the Perez's founders yes. of the yes. of Bethel Express, which is a good, good thing to know for you listeners, mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. know that. And 95, we're here. At that point, did you step in as the leader, you and Julia step in as the leaders of Bethel Express? Or at that time, were you still helping the Perez's? We have always, we had always helped the Perez's, even when I was out of, t- you know, I, even when we were traveling the world, literally, we would, when we when we were in Rochester, we were with Bethel Express. We would BE all along. So when, when I became youth pastor, I still was involved with Bethel Express. I think that, I think, I think because uh, the youth group back then was called, at least initially, was called, um, uh, oh my goodness! How can I forget? Forefront. Four, forerunner, forerunner, forerunner yeah, yes, yeah. forerunner, the number four runner. Uh, you, how did you know that? That's good. I've oh, seen pictures. Oh, that's what. <laughs> see y'all. That's why I call him the hero. Small age. He knows his stuff. I, I yeah. got a picture of you from that era too. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. We having a moment, y'all. But um, <laughs> yeah. But we, yeah. So it was called forerunner back then, and uh, I had helped, I was a youth leader then. You know, for me, all of those being with, involved with Bethel Express on Saturdays, being involved with Forerunner on Wednesdays, being at church on Sunday. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not. This is the best way that I can use. You know, I'm traveling the world. I'm on magazine covers. I'm on TV nationally, globally, and stuff like that. You know, I, I did not really take any of that stuff. I didn't believe my own press. I didn't take myself so serious. About that, but those were big deals. That mm-hmm. that was that. That's 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 some serious stuff there. Yeah, you know. But being here, you know, and just being with Bethel Express on Saturdays, 
being a youth group on Wednesdays, that normalized me. In other words, it kept me from not taking myself so serious. Right. You know, that that people could not approach me and talk to me and say something to me that I needed to be told about. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things. All of those things normalized me. I did not realize that's what they were doing, but that's what that's but but that's what all of those things were doing. They were normalizing me. They were just keeping me right here. You know, nobody was trying to humble me. Nobody was trying to keep me normal. Nobody was trying to do all of that kind of stuff. But just the nature of what those things were and those experiences were, that's what they were doing. That's what those things were doing to me and for me and in me. So when I became youth pastor, you know, I was already ministering to the kids in the youth group. Yeah. You know? It was an easy transition. Yeah, they knew. So what what would be, just, just for the listeners, what would be the official year that you took the reins of 1995. Bethel Express? 1995. So, oh, 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 of Bethel Express? Of Bethel Express. Oh, of Bethel Express. Oh, and let me say this too, because they're listening and they, they know how much they mean to me. Um, I changed the name from Forerunner to BYM, uh, which stood for Bold, Young, and Meaningful. And f- that was from 1995 to 1999. And, and, and all of those who are listening, boy, we had some great times. Great times. Um, I mean, you could even look on the desk with all these pictures here. I mean, great times. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I don't know, for lack of a better way of putting it, they were the golden days, golden days of me in ministry because of what we, what we were and what we did. We had a real special time as a youth ministry. But in 1999, Pastor Ron had asked me, um, to assume, to assume the responsibility, uh, and pastorate of, uh, Bethel Express. And at the time, and he's my best friend to this very day, James Heath, he's my best friend. He was the pastor at Bethel Express. Um, but Pastor Ron noticed something that we ourselves noticed also was although we were, quote, unquote, good at what we were doing, God was transitioning our call and our lives in a different way. And so Bethel Express needed what I excelled at and was becoming better at and BYM needed what James was becoming better at. And so basically, they switched. He became the youth pastor of BYM, and I became, Bethel, uh, I became the pastor of Bethel Express. Good old episode of Trading Spaces. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> wow, and that's so incredible. And so that was a good one. And, and, you know, he's, and nothing, beats, nothing beats going after, you know, going behind your best friend, you know. So I think, I think, I think, James Heath did a better job of running BE and made it, you know, made it quote unquote difficult because he did such a great job for me to, for me to become pastor of Bethel Express. Me, I'm so eclectic, and James is not eclectic. He his undergraduate degree was in engineering. There you go. So Straight he's a shooter. pastor. Yeah. So <laughs> so, but 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 the youth group needed that. And so, uh, because I was so eclectic, and I think that's why we were so good at what we did. But as time elapsed, we definitely needed someone with James's uh, skill set with that, and and vice versa, you know. So with me, with B with Bethel Express, um, uh, they needed just a little bit more of some of the the, the creative things that I was able to do with children. Uh, and James would tell you to this very day, he's was he's not creative. In any of those, not not with the arts, 
he's not creative. Intellectually, oh yeah, you give him a pen and a, and a, and a ruler, that's a bad boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the story. Awesome. So, you know, as we wrap up here, I just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this episode with you. <laughs> I hope I do a couple more, but obviously Julia, you know, she's she's awesome and she's been doing a great she's job. Right. She's at- <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, seeing from the beginning, it's kind of when we were writing these episodes out and, and trying to organize things, it was hard for me because there's so many things that overlap. Yeah. There's so many things like you're going to, as a listener, you're going to see that these episodes will share some aspects of each mm-hmm. other because there's so many different parts that, uh, pieces that you're going through. Obviously, you were pastor and then you were on the road for almost a decade and then you went back to being a pastor. Um so I know some of you guys who are more like, I want a clean timeline of when this happened and when this happened. It's like, it's not going to happen. There's It's, it's organic. The, the, all these different uh-huh. pieces, I think for me, a takeaway, know that God is just going to move you in a direction and everything yeah. you do, every experience you have, negative or positive, mm-hmm. is hopefully going to make you that woman or man of God that yeah. he's calling you to be, that identity that he placed on you. So I just want to say thanks for listening to another great episode, dare I say. And uh, we are going to do a little bit more of a deep dive. We're going to go back in time a little bit or forward in time, depending mm-hmm. on how you look at it, uh, on your music career as mm-hmm. MC uh, Mike Peace. Uh, or yeah. Some might call you the godfather of Christian mm-hmm. rap. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, what that oh yeah. all means. There's a story. There's a story. Um, but thanks for listening. You guys have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode. See ya. See ya.